In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. He is a genius. Stanford, Cambridge, Yale Medical School. Husband, scholar, writer, father, doctor. And at age 36, back to Stanford as chief resident in neurosurgery. If you know of Dr. Paul Kalanithi, it's probably for an essay he wrote in the Sunday New York Times last January titled, How Long Have I Got Left? He starts like this. As soon as the CT scan was done, I began reviewing the images. The diagnosis was immediate. Masses matting the lungs and deforming the spine. Cancer. In my neurosurgical training, I had reviewed hundreds of scans for fellow doctors to see if surgery offered any hope. I'd scribble in the chart. Widely metastatic disease, no role for surgery, and move on. But this scan was different. It was my own. How long have I got left? In some sense, that is Mary's question today. It is also the question of Mary Magdalene and Salome. How long have I got left? It has been cat and mouse now for years. It was King Herod killing all the babies in Bethlehem. And then his son, Herod Antipas, chopping off John the baptizer's head. It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees slyly saying to Jesus, If you are the Christ, then tell us plainly. It was Peter to Jesus. You just cannot be crucified. I will not allow it. And then Thomas. Let's just go up to Jerusalem and die with him. But behind all of that, this was the question. How long has he got left? And if you were his disciple or his follower or even his mother... If you were somehow connected to him, it was also, how long have I got left? That question was finally answered by Judas and the soldiers and the Sanhedrin and Pilate and Satan himself last Friday. At 3 p.m. on Friday, Jesus ran out of time. In an avalanche of betrayal and lies and whips and cheats and scorn and nails and despair and darkness. So if Jesus Christ is done for, then how long do you and I have left? Though we can't see it on a CT scan, this morning you and I are dying too. Widely metastatic disease, no role for surgery, turns out to be an accurate diagnosis for each one of us. Sin is actually a kind of metastasis, an evil running wild through us and eventually eventually ruining us and everybody and everything that we touch. So how long have I got left? If it wasn't on their minds this morning when they started toward the tomb, it must have popped up as soon as they saw 
that the stone was rolled back and the body was gone. Even when that bright young man in the white robe gave them all they needed to carry on with life, do not be afraid. Jesus is risen. Go and tell the disciples that Jesus has gone on before you into Galilee. Even when he said that, they still feel threatened. That translation, which you just heard read, is actually a little tame. Really, it's more fun and not really coloring outside the lines when it goes like this. Verse 5. Mary Magdalene, Mary, and Salome were absolutely terrified. They were just crazy, out of their minds, out of their skin, with this combination of fear and alarm and surprise and wonder and confusion. Verse 6. So that guy in bright white said to them, Hey, you all don't need to be so crazy. You're just crazy with fear. It's not necessary because Jesus is risen. And then verse 8. So the women turn around and they ran for cover, trying to escape, trying to find a safe place, shaking because they were so scared and they were so confused. Okay, so much for Easter sermons from guys in bright white. But still, as followers of Jesus, why shouldn't you and I be afraid this morning? Jesus is crucified and Jesus is missing. His enemies are on the prowl. Besides that, in you and in me, masses are matting on the lungs and deforming the spine. My job is on the line. My kids are running wild. All my idols are failing. My folks and my friends are dying. My worries are killing me every day. My whole world is upside down. So why shouldn't I be afraid and... How much time have I got left? The big reason you and I should not be afraid is because the young man in white said, Jesus is going before you. And that means much more than we might suspect. It turns out that the word for Mary Magdalene and Mary and Salome were absolutely terrified, just crazy out of their minds, out of their skin, with some combination of fear and alarm and surprise and wonder and confusion. It turns out that very same word was used to describe Jesus last Thursday in the Garden of Gethsemane. Last Thursday when he was betrayed and tried and on his way to crucifixion. It's in Mark 14. Jesus turned to Peter and James and John and said, I am feeling absolutely crazy. I am absolutely terrified. I am just out of my mind. I'm crawling out of my skin with this combination of fear and alarm and wonder. I mean, look at me. I'm sweating blood. And my soul is grieved to death. Now, if that doesn't sound like the Jesus you know, try to remember that the Scriptures say that he was tempted in every way that we are, that he felt everything that we felt, and yet he did not sin, Hebrews 4.15. That, you see, is the reason that you and I do not need to be afraid, because Jesus has already gone on before us.
Jesus has already gone on before us into fear and death on Good Friday. And now, Jesus has already gone on before us into life everlasting here on Easter morning. And more, the great revelation, the point of the day, is that all of you are going there with him. The point is that Jesus will meet you there, that Jesus is waiting for you on the other side, and that you will see him again. You'll see him again just as he told you, and when you meet him, when you see him, then all is well forever. Just as Jesus met Mary Magdalene in the garden and his two friends on the road to Emmaus, just as he met Thomas in the upper room and his disciples in Galilee, Jesus meets you too. Jesus meets you here today. How? Jesus meets you in your baptism. Romans 6, don't you know that you were bound to the death and the resurrection, to the life and the new glory of Jesus Christ? And in holy absolution, where Jesus peels away your metastasis. In the viva vox, the living voice of Jesus that breathes life into you. And in the Holy Eucharist, where Jesus takes his crucified and risen holy body and blood and cements them to your sinful, dead body and blood, forgiving you and resurrecting you. This is the point. Jesus meets you here today and he talks to you and he touches you and then he takes you with him to where he's gone before, through death to life into heaven. Easter means that his story is your story. His death is your death. His life is your life. His resurrection is your resurrection. His time is your time. And so your time never runs out. That's the point. So really, what is there to be so crazy and afraid about? He was a genius. But Dr. Paul Kalanithi died on the third Monday of this Lent. He left a lot behind, a short but brilliant career, research and writings, some final reflections for doctors on how they might do better with patients. Friends, colleagues, a large family, a wife, and a brand new daughter, Katie, for whom he longed to live. But the best thing he left behind is tucked in a little YouTube video from the Stanford Medical School telling his story. Astoundingly, it's miraculous almost, that right in the middle of that video is a clip of his daughter Katie being baptized. That's it. Guaranteeing that someday the thing that he prayed for will happen. Their futures will actually overlap. That they will have a happy forever together because Jesus has gone on ahead of them. And he will pull them both through death to life and he will put them back together again and all of us too with those we love all of us touched by the gospel of Christ, we pulled through the troubles and the worries of this life to life everlasting, to a new place where everybody lost is found, 
And everybody who's been taken away is given back to those who are searching for them where they share a forever together. That is how long you and I have left. And it's genius. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.